0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Refinery Life Australia. I'm Gary Hoban, and I'm the Senior Pastor and Lead Elder of Refinery Life Church on the Gold Coast. If you're on the Gold Coast, come and join us as we meet together and we share in the Word of our Lord. We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 222 Turpin Road, Labrador. And more details are available on our website, which is www.refinerylife.org. And today we're continuing our series from the book of James titled, The Practical Expression of Our Faith in daily living so we need to start expressing our faith every day in everything we do and today we're f- actually finishing up the series with a ministry to the whole person the text we're concentrating on is james 5 19 through to 20 it says my brothers and sisters if anyone among you strays from the truth and falls into error and another one turns him back to god let the latter one know that the one who has turned a sinner from the error of his way will save that one soul from death and cover a multitude of sins that has obtained the pardon of the many sins committed by the one who has been restored. And then we look at James five twelve through to 20. It says, But above all, my fellow believers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be a yes and your no be a no, so that you may not fall under judgment. Is one among you suffering? He must pray. Is anyone joyful? He is to sing praises to God. If anyone among you is sick, they must, bring, they must call for the elders, the spiritual leaders of the church. And they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil, in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to one another. And pray for one another, that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, with the same physical, mental and spiritual limitations and shortcomings, and he prayed intensely for it not to rain, and it did not rain on earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again and the sky gave rain and the land produced its crops as usual. My brothers and sisters, if anyone among you strays from the truth and falls into error and one turns him back to God, let the latter one know that the one who has turned a sinner from the error of his way will save that one's soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. That's a powerful piece of scripture. Let's break it down this evening. With this passage, we come to the end of one of the most practical letters in the Bible. There were no holds barred as James dealt with the many areas of the Christian life. Remember, he was a pastor. He addressed the wrong use of the tongue, showing what great damage and destruction can be brought about by that little member of the body. He addressed those who have been blessed of God materially, but who have misused their wealth or even hurt others. Then he, about halfway through his letter, James changed his approach And he began to deal with the whole man. His words became unusually kind and compassionate. From the 12th verse through to the end of the chapter, he dealt with matters that he did not bring up in the body of the letter. It's almost like a postscript. He'd written what he had to write and then he had a little bit more. And James' first message in this postscript was watching one speech. Here he dealt with the common practice of swearing. Nothing's changed in a couple of thousand years, has it? Go out into the street, go into the shopping center and listen to how people are swearing. And we know that swearing has always been common practice. But James said, above all, my fellow believers do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath. Why above all things? He had just talked about trials and afflictions. And when a person is under great stress, he or she may be tempted to say, why? Why has this come upon me? What have I done to deserve this? The use of God's name in the trials of life can become an expression of anger rather than an expression of praise, can't they? In times of affliction, we must guard our speech. For what we say in those difficult hours is very important. A Christian's conduct under pressure always affects others. We may have trouble trying to determine all that James meant in verse 12, though. Some interpret his words to constitute an absolute prohibition of oath-taking. But if we carefully examine both the Old and the New Testaments, we will find many instances where God himself, his prophets, and his apostles make use of oaths, or what we might call vows. What James is actually exhorting us to do is support what we say by what we are and what we do. Let me say that again. He's telling us, he's encouraging us to support what we say by what we are and what we do. Many times our works are more persuasive than our words, aren't they? James' second message in the postscript is praying under all conditions. James made an earnest appeal for Christians to let prayer and praise be part of every aspect of their lives. First, he mentioned suffering. Verse 13 says, "If anyone's among you suffering he must pray is anyone joyful he is to sing praises to god here james is talking about any kind of trouble physical or mental personal or family or whatever troubles may come any kind of trouble what is the proper attitude of christians under such circumstances let him pray is what it says 2 corinthians 12:9 says My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. And my mercies are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation, for my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. Prayer can either move God to take away the affliction or give us the grace to bear it. Remember, the Red Sea was parted. It wasn't taken away. The obstacle was made easier. And second, he asked, is any joyful? Is anyone joyful? James' advice is appropriate. Let him sing psalms. Let us not forget to praise God in times of joy, just as we remember to pray to God in times of trouble. And thirdly, he dealt with the sick. When James spoke of affliction, the church really needs to listen to this. We don't need tents of healing. We don't need healing ministries. That's not biblical. When James spoke of affliction in verse 13, he was talking about suffering in a broad and general way. His reference to sickness is more specific. The Greek word suggests that a sickness is something that incapacitates a person. Those who are sick are to call for the elders of the church not to go to a healing ministry, not to go to a tent of miracles. It says, call for the elders of the church whose presence will encourage and strengthen them and make them more conscious of the effectiveness of prayer. The elders are to pray for the sick people, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. We don't see too much of that happening at the moment, do we, with churches closing because of COVID and wearing masks and social distancing and all that sort of thing, getting people to scan in. We are to pray for the sick. What's happening at the moment shows me that most of these ministers out there are not ministers of God. They're ministers of something, but they're not ministers of God. Oil in the Scriptures is a gracious symbol of the Holy Spirit. In Bible times, it was also a medicine. But here, anointing with oil may have been intended as an aid for the sick person's health, faith. And fourth, James summarized the matter of prayer in verse 16 and drew two conclusions. There's a need for confession of sins, which does not happen enough. He was not saying that we are to confess all our faults to our fellow Christians, but we are to confess to those who we may have offended. To those who we've sinned against, we are to Confess. And James encouraged intercessory prayer. It says, and pray for one another. I think most of the time people think they're praying for people, they're actually cursing them because they can't let go of the offense. It says, and pray for one another. All of the people that are praying, not just the elders. Don't leave it up to your pastor. Don't leave it up to the elders of the church. We are all to pray. James said that there is great power in the prayer of a person who is right with God. So therefore you must get right with God yourself first. I see a lot of people that are praying for a lot of things. But you look at the fruit in their life, they're not right with God. They're wondering why God's not using them, why God's not blessing them. Get right with God. James concluded his epistle by urging Christians to reclaim those who have fallen away at the refinery it's great to see new salvations but a big part of our mission and calling is to to bring people back to god for reformation we don't revival would be great but we need reformation we don't need revival we need reformation the church has to come back to god having god at the center the prodigals need to return to the church those who are offended with the church need to look at themselves and see where their offense really lies. We, he's talking about reclaiming those who have fallen away. And here is the pastor's heart of James surfacing. He was talking about those who are spiritually sick. To convert those who have wandered astray means to bring them back to the way of truth, to turn them around. That's reformation. Come back. That's reformation. It is God's plan and purpose to use his people as instruments in the saving of souls from death and in the covering of a multitude of sins. Get yourself right with God and start doing that. That's his plan. And I want to encourage you to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us that we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the word. I know many people that are listening to this probably don't go to church at all. You need to change that. Jesus is coming back for his church. He's not coming back for the world. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for him, and he can make you whole, spirit, soul, and body, if you allow him to. You're important to God. You know that already, but you're also important to us at the refinery. So when it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises directly to you. You don't need a prophet to come around. So whatever you're concerned about and you need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. And until next time, stay in the blessings.